What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to or watching, as the case may be, Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me. My countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. We're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. And today we're going to talk about random musings and lessons that I've garnered from playing a silly video game. I've played this video game quite a bit. And the reason I played this video game is because my son, for Christmas about three years ago, maybe two, I can't remember, bought me a PlayStation 5 so I can finish a game that I had started playing 20-something years ago called the God of War. Uh, Kratos has to go and defeat all the gods of Mount Olympus. It's really cool. It's a run-through, shoot-em-up, well, not shoot them, but run-through, slash them up game. And it's really neat. And before that, the last video game that I'd played was Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation 1. Now, those of you that don't mess with games, you're not going to get much out of that. Uh, but there will be something in this podcast episode for you, I promise. Um, yeah, thou shalt not pass. Yeah, it's uh, well, there's a, there's some really good Lord of the Rings games out there, Jonathan, that Anthony has played, my son, but I've never played any of them. I don't have the bandwidth for a lot of games. I'm busy, so I'm not a gamer, but I do play one game, and that game is called Elden Ring. Uh, now, the Elden Ring is the fourth well, fifth, technically, uh, game in a series called uh, a, a series of games that are referred to by the community as Souls games. And the reason why it's called the Souls game is because the very first installment was years ago, and it was called Demon's Souls. And you're you were the protagonist. You had a sword and a shield, and you were a knight, and you went and you explored this place, and you went on the quest, and you saved the world and all that good stuff. And then it it progressed from Demon's Souls, uh, then Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, and then Elden Ring came out a couple of years ago, and it took the gaming scene by storm. One game of the year, all that good stuff. Well, the modus operandi of these games is to release... Um, to release a, a game, and then after a little bit of time, whenever the players have had a chance to go in there and explore everything and beat the game, then for a discounted price, they'll offer for sale what's called DLC, that's downloadable content. Well, those of us who play Elden Ring have been waiting for the last year uh, for DLC announcement. A year ago, From Software announced that it's going to give a DLC downloadable content well today today the trailer dropped and it has gameplay footage in it it's got voiceover it's really good i have snatched it off of the World Wide webs and i'm going to play the trailer for you today just i don't care if you like video games you think about i see some of you in the comment sections like i miss zelda on the nintendo 64 um then some of the sports games and stuff and stuff like that. Think about, especially if you're my age, going all the way back to the Atari, uh, the Nintendo, the regular Nintendo. Listen, 
whenever I could take a little uh, gun that 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 took took a snapshot of the screen and I could shoot a duck out of the air on a video game, I thought that that was the pinnacle of man's achievements in technology. And then, lo and behold, look at this video game and just look at how far we've come. It is amazing. And I will tell you, the, the game of Elden Ring is really good. Uh, I, again, I only play Elden Ring. And, I yeah, I am Pong old. Absolutely. I, I played Pong. I don't know how old you are, Neil. I'm 46. I was very, very young with that Atari, but I remember playing Pong. I remember on the uh, Commodore 64 playing a game called Jump Man and uh, playing Shadow Facts and playing Falcon. Um, oh, there was another game. Anyway, the, well, there was Frogger, you know, playing Frogger. But those games were so fun. And again, you know, you're thinking, wow, this is the pinnacle of technology. I remember a game, a flight simulator game we played on uh, the Commodore 64 that was uh, Tom Cruise, uh, Top Gun. And you played it on the Commodore 64. It's amazing. Um, but anyway, yeah, Madden 95. You know, uh, I never did play any of the sports games. The only sports game that I got into was um, on the on for Nintendo, and I played Super Tech Mobile. And I remember if you uh, if you chose the 49ers, you had um, Joe Montana, and your second string quarterback was Steve Young. Anyway, you you could take Joe Montana, and you could do a pass play, and you could you could drop back all the way into your own end zone, and you could throw a pass for a hundred yards or a hundred and two or hundred and five yards to your receiver who was in the opposite end zone. And there was only a few players that you could do that with. And Joe Montana was one of them. And then Bo Jackson. Yeah. So with the San, with the, uh, with the, uh, Los Angeles Raiders with the Los Angeles Raiders, if you got them and you, and you gave the ball to Bo Jackson, you could run from one end of the field to the other and then back and nobody could catch you. And you remember if you did get caught, Scott, you had to go B A B A B A B A and kind of shake your controller. I mean, those are those games are amazing, and it's the technological advancements to get us there. I mean, it. If you go back to the 1800s and you brought somebody forward in time to look at those old-looking games by today's standards, they would think it's magic. And then I'm going to play you this video. I'm going to play this trailer for this game, Elden Ring, and you're going to see. Wow! I mean, could you imagine? before the time of the television going from that and and some of the folks that are alive in the world today they remember a time when there was no television and then they're looking at this and they're seeing a gameplay trailer like this it's no wonder that a lot of conspiracy theories arise when it comes to technological advancements hmm Boy, Canada does sure have good coffee. All right, folks, let me let me just bear with me. I promise we're going to talk about some things that we can apply to our everyday walks of life from God's Word. But I spent way more time with my buddies talking about this gameplay trailer than than, than preparing for a Bible podcast, which maybe I shouldn't have done that. But 
Y'all, I'm like a little kid. I'm just so excited that this game trailer has come out. And now, June 21st is when the downloadable content will be available. And, uh, yeah, it's sure to be awesome. Okay, let me, let me, let me do a little bit of, of uh, preparation. I want to show you all this gameplay trailer. And then we'll talk about um, some lessons that I've learned. Some lessons that, that playing a game like this you can take away. Because... A lot of times we we run into the trap. We wanna we wanna condemn or judge people harshly for playing video games and stuff like that. But I mean, there's 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 life lessons, and and you don't you know you got to be careful. You don't want to just waste away in front of your PlayStation. But you don't want to waste like if you're a gospel preacher, you don't want to spend all your time in the office either. You know, you you want to have a balance in your life, and and this is really fun. Okay, um, let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Okay, there it is. This is this is the this is the trailer. And again, this is three minutes and something. We're just gonna watch it. I'll talk a little bit during it so we don't get a copyright strike. I don't think we can get a copyright strike for a trailer um that that is for the purpose of selling a game. So anyway, if we do, we just do and we the video won't be up on Facebook. But um I promise you this after this trailer is done. Uh, we'll go to talking about some Bible lessons, but um, anyway, hope you enjoy. Just check this trailer out. It's amazing. And remember, this is downloadable content. This is not even a trailer for the main game. Peggy 16. The score is amazing. Pure and radiant, he wields love to shrive clean the hearts of men. So that that's nothing more terrifying. That that's the arm of Mikola. That's a demigod that's trapped in that egg. That the person on the horseback, that's you. That that's your character. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Sorn and Pearl, John Exum, Ted Knight, I think, stopped by Scott Beck. Look at this, isn't that beautiful? So that that big tree is the Erd tree. That's the Elden Ring. Forsaken place. Blood must spill. Blood of your fellows. That would be right there. That's you. I can't wait to figure out who those are. These pots. The lore in the game is dead bodies are in those pots. They just happen to be on the losing side of a war. That that's going to be a boss fight. That's awesome. Ooh, those worm faces are terrible. Those are in the current game. Like, that's a boss fight. That's a boss fight. That's amazing. Mother, wouldst thou truly lordship sanction anyone so bereft if, of life? If I had to guess, that would be your big baddie. But that's actual gameplay. What you're seeing right now. That's a that's a spell. So you can you can choose different classes. You can be a magic caster, a miracle worker. Uh, you too are keen to know. Strength, dexterity. You can be kind. is doing. Yeah, that's amazing. 
those stripped of the grace of gold shall all meet death in the embrace of Lesmus Flame. Come now, touch the withered arm, and travel to the realm of shadow. I will not be far behind. May we meet again. I'm very excited, like a little kid. Twenty-one of June. All right, John said you couldn't hear me over the video. That, that's okay. I maybe, maybe, maybe YouTube's algorithm will know that I'm talking over the video, so it it understands that I'm I'm using this copyrighted material under the Fair Use Act. So it's not, it's not, it's not. I'm not in violation of copyright. Um, yeah, all those, all those, uh, all those videos, man, it's awesome. Um, what is the goal of the main character, Tony? See, that's the beautiful thing about From Software games. In Elden Ring, the main game, there are like six different endings, and what you have to do is there's no like, there's no, there's no quest markers. Um, you start off and you don't know anything. And you, you, you rely on the environment for storytelling. So you, you interact with the environment, you see the environment, like the, the main, the main, uh, there's a big legacy dungeon mid game and it's Lindale Royal capital. And so as you're approaching Lindale Royal capital, you see these big, huge gargantuan ballista boats that made these craters in the ground and. You see this, uh, these these old bodies that are strewn around, and these war 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 machines and siege engines, siege engines that are that are strewn around, and then you see these banners and stuff like that. So you have to look at your environment and get clues from your environment to even understand the lore. And um, then, once you as you're going through the quest, there are a few different endings that you can take. the The main goal is to mend the Elden Ring and bring order back to the the lands between. So you're you're in the lands between and you bring order back once you mend the Elden Ring. But there's several different ways to mend the Elden Ring to bring in a different age. And your character is responsible. In other words, you decide from the lore and your information you have at your disposal how you want to do that and which age you want to usher usher in. Uh, but anyway, so that I don't know exactly what's going to go on with the um, I don't know what's going to go on with the uh, DLC. That's the beauty of it. It's 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 shrouded in in mystery. You don't know, and that's the that's the draw to the games. Is it's it's a it's a nebulous kind of thing. It's not like Legend of Zelda where you've got where Link has to go rec- rescue the princesses, the princess, and 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 restore the the power of the what what is it the triune or the something you know it's not like Super Mario Brothers where you start at level one one and then you go to level eight four um, and all that it's a reverse Lord of the Rings well so when you think about Lord of the Rings the 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 tokens Lord of the Rings I mean it was actual rings that you wear on your finger but the the Elden Ring is this runic uh, symbol that binds everything together and holds reality together. And 
in the main story of the in the main story of the game or the story of the main game, uh, this uh, this this goddess Merica, uh, because one of her children betrayed her and used the rune of death and death on her other child, which is the demigod that's trapped in that egg. Um, she shattered the Elden Ring. And now nobody can die in the lands between, and that's why you have all the monsters and the and the the undeads walking around. It, it's kind of, I mean, it's neat, you know. But again, the main reason that I play it is because of the co-op. So you can there's an online mode where you can send your rune out and you go help other people. And I've got more hours into the game. I've got more hours logged playing the game that I'm willing to admit on this live stream. <laughs> but just remember, I only play this game. I don't play any other game um, because I don't have the bandwidth to get good at another game. But I'm, y'all, the Bible says not to brag. I promise you I'm not bragging. I'm pretty good at this game. And um, uh, but and also uh, player versus player. I love, so in, in lore, there's a way to invade another person's world. And you can be... Uh, a bloody finger or you can be a recusant and you can and your goal is when you're invading somebody while they're playing through the game uh, you act as another obstacle that stands in their way of completion so you want to go and defeat that person before they accomplish their goals and it's neat um all right let me get some let me get some comments here and 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 hopefully this hopefully this look keep coming back this is we're not we're not going to change Christianity now to talking about video games. This is just really cool and it's on my mind. And uh, I see a lot of uh comments. Let me let me go in here and get the comments. Woohoo. Uh first uh, yeah, good good morning, Facebook user. I think I know who that is. Uh Reginald Perry, good morning, John Exum. Uh Scott Beck says, I'm not sure I've learned anything from Madden football or PGA tour LOL. Um Rob Lady says, I miss Zelda. Oh, yeah, we, we looked at that. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, hey, Sword and Pearl, good to see you. And uh, do I remember Madden 95 on the battery-powered controller? That, that's the thing. I, I never did play uh, a lot of video games. Uh, I, somebody put in the comment section, Ninja Gaiden. Uh, Ninja Gaiden 3, for some, I, I bought it out of a bargain bin one time. And I played Ninja Gaiden three, um, but other than that, I played uh, I played uh, Tekken, Super Street Fighter two Turbo on the PlayStation for the place for for the uh, Super Nintendo, but on the PlayStation one after I beat Final Fantasy, I did get uh, Tekken three, and I got I got pretty good at that, um, but I, I just I've never been a, what you call a gamer in two thousand. 2004 I fell in with a group of people some buddies and they liked uh, Tiger Woods PGA Tour so I played Tiger Woods PGA Tour with them but it was always a hangout like I didn't have a PlayStation at home where I played Tiger Woods PGA Tour um yeah hey oh yeah, about the counter uh, yeah hopefully they didn't strike me I don't think they struck me because at, at least I was talking through it Good morning, Terry Crooks and Scott Beck. Amazing graphics, ain't it, though? That is, again, and it might not be amazing graphics to somebody that's like eight years old, 
that has only known video games of this caliber. But to me, who who played Super Mario Brothers on my cousin's uh, Nintendo whenever he got one way before I did, and, and we thought Super Mario Brothers was the pen like you you just like you could see Mario's mustache. It doesn't get any more graphically detailed than that. But then, of course, then you you see this this video game trailer. It's amazing. Uh, what is the goal of the main character? I uh, touched on that a little bit. It's basically to mend the Elden Ring. I don't know what the main goal for the DLC is. We'll, we'll, we'll have to find that out. Um, video games can be similar to social media. There's nothing inherently wrong with playing video games, but we must keep a close watch on the amount of time we spend on them. That's one of the lessons that can be taken from playing Elden Ring or video games that we're going to talk about. <laughs> Um, and then of course, Ben, like, yeah, it's a reverse Lord of the Rings, um, and amazing graphics and, and yeah, uh, sounds like a church song. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Uh, let me get this. Let me, let me get my, let me get my overlay back up. Let me, Tony, come on, concentrate, buddy. There we go. All right. Um, what? Oh yeah. Let's, let's get into, here's some. Here are some. <laughs> Anthony has already pre-ordered the the download. Yeah. Oh, I forgot you said that, John. I wanted to address that. He does. The narrator sounded like the floating red face guy from Voromir in the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had a really cool voice. And look. There have been so many YouTube careers started off the back of Elden Ring. I mean, there's people making thousands of dollars a month just on YouTube talking about Elden Ring. I mean, it's amazing. And and so there's documentaries and stuff that, that players have put together. And you can you can go search Elden Ring voice actors and you can you can find documentaries talking about the voice and stuff like that. Um Listen, Scott. Um, I do too. Let me let me make a comment about this. I wish a developer. Oh, excuse me. I wish I was a developer, so I could develop a Bible-related game. I, I so it would be awesome to have a Bible-related game where, because you could you could compartmentalize it, and it could be uh, Ben Grady. Yes. Oh, I loved God of War. It was so awesome. I just absolutely loved it. Um, in fact, I, y'all, I got every God of War game out there except one. I, I, I put my nose to the ground, grindstone, and I beat on every difficulty level except for the last one, because the last one came out. All I wanted to do was 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 basically watch the movie. The, the the God of War franchise 2018 and then the last one it's um it, it's a movie it's a it's pretty much a playable movie and I, I wanted to I wanted to know how the story ends and so I just played it on give me a story um I've never Anthony has played Assassin's Creed I don't know about Kingdom Hearts but Anthony's played Assassin's Creed remember I'm I'm 46 years old I don't have the bandwidth 
I don't have enough elasticity or plasticity left in my brain to like, I can't learn another game. That's just like the guys that I play with online. A couple of them are really, really young and they want me to download other games and and this, that, and the other. I'm like, guys, I, I just can't. First off, I can't, I can't devote the time it would take to get good. And I don't want to play something unless I'm exceptional at it. And that, that, that may be a weird narcissistic ego crazy thing about me, but it's just the case. That's, that's why I don't golf. If, if I golfed, well, I, I'd, I'd get obsessed with it. And I wouldn't quit until I was a scratch golfer at least. Some of the guys my son used to play with were in their 80s. Oh, wow. Uh, did anybody here in the chats ever play Spyro or Crash Bandicoot on the original PlayStation? Um, I, I never did, seriously. But, of course, I've been introduced to those games and have played around a little with them because of different friend groups and stuff. Um, John Axon said, I'm exceptional at Pac-Man. I'm exceptional at Pac-Man. But let me make a comment about developing a Bible-related game. I don't know that the the people that would give enough respect to the Bible to make an accurate, awesome game would have too much scruples to make an accurate, awesome game. Think about the the, the really awesome things in the Bible. If you translated them to film accurately, if you translated them to a visual media accurately, if you translated them to a game accurately, it could be PG-13 and in some cases R-rated. It would not be for children. It would be for adults. And and some of my brethren would be so scrupulous that they wouldn't even be able to participate in it because it would be too gory or too... It, 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 you know what I mean? The, so it, it, it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird catch 22. The people who would, who would have enough respect for scripture to really make an, a, a cool game that's, that's accurate to the lore. They wouldn't make a cool game that's accurate to the lore because making a cool game that's accurate to the lore would be producing a piece of content that was quote unquote, too dirty for the average individual. But the people who, would, would would not possess the scruples and, and they would say, well, we can make uh, as dirty a game as we want. In other words, gory stuff like that. Uh, they wouldn't have enough respect for the Bible to be accurate to the Lord. So I don't know what to do. I, I would love to have some of my brethren um, warts and all make like a, like a game. Like, could you imagine making like the, in, you know, there's a there's a mighty man of valor game, and you take each mighty man of valor and you look at everything that history tells you about those mighty men of valor, and you create small side quests based on those mighty men of valor valor, and you make them all playable characters in the larger overarching quest of David as he is trying to secure the throne and and, and establish the kingdom and, and and wrest the throne away from Solomon. Like that would be awesome, but think about all the blood and guts and gore and fighting that would be in that game, you know, and, and and you wouldn't, it wouldn't be a fun game and it wouldn't resonate unless you made it 
true to the lore. The problem is, I think my brethren wouldn't make it true to the lore because, well, that would just be too dirty. And then the people that would make it true to the lore, realistically, they wouldn't remain true to the lore because they don't care about the lore as far as the scripture is concerned. So they would take too many liberties and it wouldn't be very good. Yeah, the Old Testament would definitely be rated R. And again, please don't take from this live stream that I think that we, I think that just because real life is dirty, I don't think Christians can be dirty. Christians need to rise above. But understand, whenever you read David's ascension to the throne, think about how that would translate to a video game. And it might not be a, a video game you'd let your 12-year-old boy play, <laughs> you know? Anyway, I don't know about y'all, but I'm a little excited. I, I'm telling you, I, I love the conversation. Yeah, if it's rated R, more <laughs> the funny thing, no, true to the lore, L-O-R-E, L-O-R-E, true to the lore. So I'm, 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 I'm treating in my mind the Bible like it's a video game or I'm trading in my mind, the Bible as if it's a piece of lore that you could adapt into a video game, regardless of whether it's true or not. Like for instance, uh, the, the video game franchise, God of war, God of war is very, very good because it functions with fidelity to an overarching lore. And it doesn't deviate from that. Now, the God of War franchise, however, takes liberties with the lore in the real world. You know, for instance, the 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 god is the gods of Olympus are not depicted the way actual Greek and Roman mythology depicts them. It's more of a Santa Monica Boulevard Studios. Uh, depiction of them if a if a game franchise took the bible they would alter the lore they would mess with the lore and they would make a really good game that's fun to play but it would not be true to the bible um but the christians they would make a game that was ultra true and, and had and, uh, and was high fidelity when it come to the to the lore of the bible but it wouldn't be a very fun game because it wouldn't be realistic. And you could tell it had been whitewashed, so to speak. Um, like if Bathsheba put together a, a, hold on a second, if Bethesda put together a Bible game with some Christians to get the Bible details accurate, a biblical basis walking through the Bible happenings could be a very good teaching tool. Yes, absolutely. Uh, a homeschool mom sells unit studies. One of them is Athens of the Bible. One of them is athletes of the Bible. That might make a good game for younger players. Absolutely. And uh, or VeggieTale video game. We are the grapes of wrath. Um, yeah, Scott Beck says, I don't need to see the entrails pouring out of a man's stomach. LOL. Correct. Now, I would say that you you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to see that at all but to make a to make a video game 
I mean, th- there would have to be a death scene. And I mean, it would, I mean, in order for it to resonate, I mean, it, again, you, well, okay. In Elden Ring, there's not, it's not gory per se. I don't know. You just have to play with it. it, it you just have to play with it. It could be done. It's just, I would hope that we would be realistic enough that it would resonate with enough people that it would be a, it, it would, it would look like a good video game and not an attempt by the ecumenicals to be hip and cool to the new jive, you know? You could turn off the blood like in Skyrim. <laughs> cool beans. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I forgot about that. All right. All right, let me touch this button. We're going to get into some lessons learned. So the very first lesson that you learn in these FromSoft games, Elden Ring, is perseverance. And I know it's silly. I got a Bible verse for each one. The Bible verses are only tenuously related. You got me? You're not, we're not talking about deep, philosophical, profound things here. Um, we are the greats of wrath. We'll never, t- oh, I remember that. Yeah, we'll never take a bath. You said that before. That's hilarious. All right. Perseverance through adversity. This echoes the game's lessons on the importance of enduring challenges and growing stronger through them. Every every player that's played Elden Ring or any firm so, any from software game, they are so used to this screen prompt that you died. <laughs> from software, Elden Ring, you're spawned in and you're in a church. And up against the wall, oh, yeah, a game based on the book of Judges. What you talking about? And that's a cool game because you can make a game based on the book of Judges, and that would be an anthology. That would be an anthology. It would be, so it would be several smaller games inside of one large game. That would be pretty cool. Until you have to nail somebody's head to the, nail somebody's head to the floor using a tent stake might have to might might have to do like ben grady said and turn the blood and guts off uh sword and pearl says maybe something about memory verses (laughs) that'd be cool um all right so from software you're spawned in you're in a church you don't know who you don't know where you are exactly you know you, you hit you hit the map button everything's dark in the church against the wall is a maiden in a, a some kind of habit, like she's wearing some kind of official-looking clothing, but sh- there's a pool of blood. She's been murdered. You don't know if you murdered her. You don't know if somebody else murdered her. All you know is she's there. So you open the door, and you go out, and then you go down, across, down these stairs and across this rickety bridge, and then down plops this enemy that's that's a, a fairly common enemy in the game called a grafted scion. But it is an enemy that is much farther beyond your ability to battle than you're currently able to, to defeat, and you die to the enemy. Now, even if you kill the enemy, like let's say that you're just a really good player and you kill the enemy, um, 
you walk onto this ledge and the ledge crumbles and you fall down a, a pit. Well, the next scene opens up and you're, um, this one woman who's on a horse, uh, the horse nuzzles you awake and then she starts saying, I, I, I think that he'll do fine. We'll see it. We'll keep an eye on him. And then you, you're awake and you stand up and you're in this cave and you got to find your way out of the cave. But the point is the very first encounter that with an enemy is something that you're not designed to be able to defeat. And so you learn, Oh, so that's the game teaching you. You're not supposed to be able to defeat this. So go somewhere else, get strong and come back. And then once you make your way out of the cave and you're into the first area called limb grave, you see this man in armor, heavy armor with a huge shield and he's got a huge halberd and his horse is armored. What well, he is a boss that is far beyond your ability to defeat at that moment. And it teaches you, this is an open world. Go explore because you can't fight this guy right now. He, he would just, but now some people, myself included, spent an hour or two and we're hard headed. I have, I have defeated that tree sentinel sentinel at rune level one with a club pow, because I'm hard headed, but a normal playthrough, it teaches you, this is not where you're supposed to be right now. Go somewhere else. And then everything in the world tries to kill you and you die a lot. But what you have to understand is there's, you have to persevere. Because of these adverse conditions, you're persevering. But every time you die, you come back with a little bit more knowledge. And now that knight that's on top of the hill, he's got a sword and a shield. And you know how to attack him to where you can get past his shield. And he don't just, you know, you don't just pummel him. And then he kills you with one hit. Like there's all kinds of stuff. So I think about Romans chapter 5 verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, it wouldn't be a fun game if it were not so hard. <laughs> Daddy, I just got a new video game, Song of Solomon. Oh, could you imagine? Um, it might be an excellent VR game. I don't know enough about VR to know how you'd be able to play it. I've only been listening to about 10 minutes, so I'm not sure if the profanity in video game has been covered. I'm not a gamer, but my son is. My main issue is with with gaming is the profanity. Well, that's the thing that there's only profanity in gaming if there's profanity in the game. Uh, with Elden Ring, um, there there's no profanity. Like there there's one non playable character. Um, he might say the word s h i t. He might. I can't remember it. It seems like one of the play, one of the NPCs do, but it's it's not it's not anything like you would. I mean, it's not anything like you'd get on regular TV. Do they even have regular TV anymore? What I mean by regular TV is like network television, like ABC, NBC, CBS. <clears throat> These would be better than Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, imagine. But anyway, so perseverance through adversity. Every time you put yourself in real life through adverse conditions and you live through it, 
you've learned something. I'm talking about James chapter 1. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered abroad, greetings. Then he says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, divers tri- different kind of trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, the King James says, perseverance. But let patience or perseverance have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Just like you, just like gold that goes through a refiner's fire, it comes out the other side better than what it was when it went in. But it is not the same because it was shaped by the fire. I remember training Tennessee walking horses. We would, um, they 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 stood on pads. They you know sometimes pads three or four inches. And you could put pieces of lead on those pads to articulate their gait. Like we had, a, we had this one horse, especially had real bad. He he winged. No, he clipped. He didn't. He he winged in instead of out. I think when he's going in, it's not called winging. Anyway, whenever he would, whenever he would come up and try to roll out of his shoulder, when he would come up, he would clip his. He would uh, he would hit his he would he, he would hit his knee on the other side. Well, there's a really easy way to deal with that. And you put a piece of lead on the pad and it causes him to pick that piece of lead up. It causes him to pick his foot up. And then because of the piece of lead there, it causes him to articulate his joint in such a way that he, that he has enough room between his hoof and his knee. Well, you can imagine how dirty the lead got when it was nailed on the, on the horseshoe, on the horse pad. So every once in a while, we would take all these pieces of lead, and when the farrier would come, he would take all of that lead and put it in a smelting pot and set it over a fire, and he would melt that lead, and, and, and the, the junk would burn off. And then he would pour that lead into a mold. And even lead that is not a precious metal, when it was poured into that mold, it had a sheen like silver even. And that's just lead. How much more precious to God and you should your soul and or faith be than lead? Your faith is much more precious than that of silver and gold. And when it passes through a refiner's fire, the fiery trials, it comes out the other side and you're better off for it. And that's why whenever you play games like this, and especially these young kids play games like this, they learn perseverance through adversity. It actually helps them. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, Video game idea. Almost fifth kingdom. You play as Sparta headed to Rome. (laughs) I try to persevere after getting a triple bogey in my golf game. (laughs) That's hilarious. All right, number next. The incidentally to, to talk about uh, ex, a perseverance through adversity, there is a boss in Elden Ring called the Fire Giant that has a lot of hit points, and even at well, he can he can one or two shot you even if you have level 60 vigor, all right? Now, most players in Elden Ring 
they have an odd way of thinking about things. They want to they want to level up their damage stat. So each, each stat in Elden Ring uh, affects your character in a different way. So you have strength and dexterity, intelligence and faith, and then you have a stat called arcane. I'm not going to get into all of them, but those are your damage stats. And you have to figure out which kind of build you want to do early on and focus on that build. And then then you'll then you'll have a a, a, a end game you all the end game bosses you'll have an optimized build so you have the best chance of defeating them well players in the beginning they want to level up their damage stat so you'll have a, a player that does a whole lot of damage but he might only have 650 hit points when really and truly you need a baseline of 1,900 hit points. So you need 60 vigor. My son doing the blind playthrough, no guide, no nothing, had no clue, clue of this concept. And to give you an idea, he was fighting the fire giant, which has the potential to one shot you at level 60 vigor. He beat the fire giant with level 16 vigor. And, and that's how I was introduced to Elden Ring because his 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 video game console and monitor was in the dining room. And I would come up and I would eat lunch and he would be playing Elden Ring, fighting that fire giant. And I felt like every time I sat down at the table, he would be fighting that fire giant. And then we got to talking about the game. And that's when, you know, for Christmas, he got me a PS5 in that game. But the point but the point is he learned how to persevere because he didn't know anything else to do. He probably died to that fire giant a thousand times. But every time he died, he came back a little smarter and he figured out his move set and he basically defeated the fire giant with not taking one hit or without taking one hit at all because one hit would kill him perseverance through adversity you're not going to do everything perfect the first time you try but don't give up we glory in tribulations because it makes us stronger if i get back in the gym i start working out i'm going to be lifting weights i'm going to be curling with i'm going to do i'm going to be doing preacher curls the next day all oh, my arm is so sore I'm not going to complain about that for the sake of complaining. I want to complain about it so everybody know I'll be working out and I'm proud of the soreness. You got me? Why? Because I know that soreness is a sign of me being made stronger. Perseverance through adversity. I also remember playing NASCAR, uh, NASCAR Dirt to Daytona, where I'd go in the practice session and literally push the pace car in the middle of the track and sat on the grass to watch the other cars crash into it as they raced around the track or to drive the wrong way and hit the cars while the cars are not damageable. But other while your car is not damageable, but the others are. John, that's rough. I don't know what lesson I could teach from that. <laughs> don't be a miscreant. Don't be like John Exum. <laughs> that's the only lesson I could think to teach from that, Bubba. All right. The importance of exploration and curiosity. Think about that as you go through life. And I, I can't remember what show this is from. I've only seen it in a, in a, in a little, in a little one minute clip, but there's a guy that evidently people look down on him and he's, 
he's giving them their comeuppance. And during the speech of where he's giving them their comeuppance, he said, your problem is you're judgmental. You're not curious. My daddy said, be curious. And if you were curious, you'd ask me about every weekend going with my dad to play darts and how we did that all growing up and how I won, how I won dart tournaments and stuff like that. Anyway, the point is, be curious. Explore this life. Jesus came that you might have life, but that you might have it more abundantly. John chapter 10, verse 10. And think about what Jesus says as well. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Live this life. Explore this life. Just as a game rewards exploration, an Elden Ring does, you want to explore every nook and cranny. This life rewards those who seek and ask questions. I have never gotten anything that I need or desire without asking for it, without exploring different ways to get it. I think about my my sound setup here. I've, I've been doing some kind of live streaming since 2016 on the Internet. I started with a computer. I hit go live and I talked into the, the, the face cam on my computer and I used the microphone that was built in on my computer. It was absolutely terrible and it may be absolutely terrible now. I don't know, but it's a far cry better. And I, I, I built this stuff up by being curious, by exploring and having curiosity and always having a desire to get better. If we live our life in that way, within the confines of God, we're going to have a much better time and be more successful than we would otherwise. And then, of course, there's making informed decisions. Whenever you're going through the game, before you do certain things, you you need to make sure you know how it's going to affect your game in other areas. Like, for instance, uh, there is a, there's a, there's several side quests, and if you progress too far, you will lock yourself out of some really good rewards before you've cleaned up all your side quests. So you need to be you need to be informed if there if there's two ways to go before you take one way, you need to be actually informed as to which way, not which way is best but which way is best as far as your particular experience to the game. And again, I mean, I've, this, this Bible verse is only tenuously related. I think about, um, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him and his sin, James four seventeen. in that context, uh, it's talking about, uh, rich men that say, I'm going to go into a city a year and a year or stay there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Like you, you don't know that. Like I said, it's you're never going to know all of the ramifications of a decision that you make, but you can you can be careful and not head, uh, not not go forward blindly. Which that gets me to Ephesians chapter uh, Ephesians chapter five. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, understanding what the will of the Lord, redeeming the time understanding what the will of the Lord is. Circumspectly is circumcircular. Speckly is looking. So have your head on a swivel. Understand that, that the ramification of your decision stretches out farther than the moment. 
So be sure when you make a decision, make an informed decision. Yeah, choose that narrow gate. Many have to learn the hard way, though it's much easier to learn from example. You got that right, Ben Grady. So make informed decisions. Number next, folks, no man is an island. You see a turtle on a fence post, you know he didn't get there by himself. Value community and cooperation. I think about Ecclesiastes 4 9. Two are better than one because they have a good reward of their labor. Oh, you know, a threefold core is not easily broken. That's in Ecclesiastes as well. Elden Ring's multiplayer aspects reflect the biblical principle of strength and, re- and, and reward and cooperation. Think about the Lord's church. Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted, and bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. It may be, as you're praying for help from God, that God has provided help to you in the form of a brother or sister who is blessed in this world's good, who'd be willing and able to help you out if they only knew of your need. You see how that works? At the local congregation, make sure that you're not aloof. Make sure that you communicate. Make sure that you let folks know when you're going through something. Value, community, and cooperation. Learning from diversity. So this game is diverse in its strategy and its characters. And that that mirrors the various roles that are outlined for the church. Like, for instance, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14, for the body is not one member but many. As I said, there are different kinds of builds that you can make. You can make a uh, you can make an arcane build where you you don't have a lot of you don't have a lot of uh, damage per second on a, on an arcane build, but you have this this uh, status buildup that that is just huge burst damage. So there's a there's a status buildup called hemorrhage or blood or bleed, and what happens is you attack an opponent or you attack a boss and the bleed meter fills up. And then once the bleed meter fills up, you have, you have an effect called hemorrhage and you do a chunk of damage. That's a a, a percentage plus a multiplier and it's huge, but it takes a while to, it takes a while to build that up. But if you optimize your build toward that, you'll have that. A lot of people lean towards a build like that. Uh, you have a, a faith build where you're able to do uh, miracles, like you're at, you know you can cast lightning, fire, uh, do body buffs and stuff like that, and um, that's again there's there's pros and cons to that, and then you can have an intelligence build where it's all magic, or you can have a like a spell blade or a spell sword or. Uh, uh, a strength magic or strength intelligence or a dex intelligence and that gets you access to different weapons and spells and stuff like that and uh, then you have a pure dexterity build which gets you to access to stuff like katanas and curved swords and um, that that's a that, that's a build that's focused on damage per second 
And then a strength build is a, is a build that's focused on burst damage. You have big, heavy, uh, bonk weapons, um, that you can, you can stance break an enemy and then you can get a critical hit and, and it's a tank build. You wear big, thick, heavy armor and all this, any other. Well, there's different, all of those different types of builds lend to different types of play styles. And the cool thing is, is when you're playing co-op, you got a three man team. Uh, it's great to have, um, a faith build or an intelligence build for spell casting. And then you want a, a big bonk and a, and then a dex build. And if you have those three and you work together, you're almost an unbeatable team. Well, we can learn from this diversity. Think about the church, the church. If it works together, if, if the individuals in the church work together, they would be an unbeatable team because everybody has different strengths and attributes and everybody shines in different ways. Folks, respect for the journey. Now, the reason I put this one here is because um, the game, the nomenclature in the game, it's, it's you are journeying through the lands between is the idea. And you have journey one is a new game. And then once you, once you finish your journey and you repair the Elden Ring, then you can, you can go back to the round table hold that's your game hub and you can go to journey number two, which is new game plus one. And the enemies get a little bit more difficult. The rewards for defeating them get higher a little bit, but they get a little bit more difficult and they get a little bit more uh, hit points and they hit harder. And of course, you can go all the way through uh, Journey Six, which is New Game Plus Seven, I think, and it, it stops scaling. But anyway, respect the journey; it's so fun. the The game is fun, okay. And I don't know what passage of scripture we could put. I mean, walk by faith and not by sight. Maybe Second Corinthians five seven. I don't think that I don't think that teaches that we should enjoy. We should okay, John chapter ten verse ten. That's a better verse. Jesus came that we might have life, but that we might have it more abundantly. Jesus wants us to enjoy this life. He doesn't want us to be sticks in the mud. He doesn't want us to be miserable. Now, through persecution, we might be, but I rather enjoy my life. It's not my best life. I want to, my best life is yet to come, but I like my life here. I enjoy it. I mean, I enjoy being married to my wife. I enjoy being a father to my children. I enjoy being a gospel preacher here in the brunch. I just like it. Now, another level to this, another layer to this is my funnest times in Elden Ring is player versus player because I like playing with my buddies. However, I just like playing the game. So you have 10 character slots and you can have 10 characters at any given time. I cannot tell you in the amount of time this game has been out almost three years now. Sometimes I'll just, I've got my one character that I started with that I would never erase, but all of those other characters, I'll erase them and then I'll start all over and I'll just go through the game because I like playing the game. We should enjoy 
our life. We should not enjoy our life so much that we spurn the next. But we should, because Jesus died for us to have it, live this life abundantly. And then the last one that I could think of was stewardship of resources. And I'll tell you why. Uh, well, first off, uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 2. Uh, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Anyway, that's that's not a proof text of anything. That's just a placeholder text. Managing resources in the game parallels the biblical call for faithful stewardship in all aspects of life. There are there, there there's a layer of the game called consumables. Hold on. <coughs> there is a layer of the game called consumables. And you can craft uh throwing pots, you can craft throwing knives, arrows, um, you can craft uh different kind of body buffs and stuff like that that really give you the edge. But some of those materials are hard to find. So you got to be careful with them. Well, same way in this world, we're supposed to be, uh, the cattle on a thousand hills are God's. Nothing we have is ours. It's all, this microphone, this microphone is just a microphone God lets me use. This coffee, as good as it is, God loaned it to me. Mm. It's not mine. He just lets me drink it. So if we, if we live like there's no tomorrow, we're not going to be prudent with the with the with the resources that God has given us. Therefore, we're going to be bad stewards. Therefore, we're going to end up in destitution, and we're going to go to God and ask Him for help, like it's not our fault that we're in the situation we're in. Protect your soul like you'd protect your assets in Dungeons and Dragons. You got that right. Well, that's another thing. Let's talk. The main resource that God has given us is our soul. And, buddy, we better protect it. And I guess we're at the hour, Mark. That'd be a good one to end on. And, I, look, I know this has not been a normal podcast for us. I hope you'll forgive me. And, 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 and as Paul would, if you'll allow me to appropriate the language of our brother, the Apostle Paul, would to God that you would bear with me in my folly and indeed bear with me. For I am so excited over the release of, or all over, over the announcement of this downloadable content from my game Elden Ring. And I hope that something I've said here today and the very thrust of it is, as Scott Beck said, protect your soul like you'd protect your assets in Dungeons and Dragons. The most valuable resource that God has given to us is us. It's our soul. What would a man give in exchange for his soul? Give everything. So protect it. Protect it. Look, learn perseverance through adversity. Explore and be curious about this life God has given us. We need to make sure that we're making informed choices. We need to value community and cooperation. We need to be adaptable and flexible. And we need to uh, respect the journey, enjoy the life that we've given, been given. And we need to be good stewards to stewards of the things that we have been given. Um, as I read Second Samuel 21, I can't help but wonder how this gruesome scene would translate into a game. It sends shivers down my spine. Terry, 
I think that there are scenes in the Bible that even an old wicked wretch in the world would know that they couldn't translate. I think I think that would be the case. Uh, Rob Leedy. Oh, sorry. I saw y'all. I can't tell you how my monitor is set up. I thought some people were sneaking up on me, but I was just looking at me moving in the background of the background. Anyhow, went just Tony had a crazy moment. Forgive him. Is this game only on a certain game system, or is it something you can play on your computer? Uh, yes, you can play it on your PC. You can play it on PlayStation 5. You can play it on Xbox. I don't know where else you can play it. But you can, I mean, obviously, th- th- this is what really stinks. I've got a copy of it on the PlayStation 5 my son gave me for Christmas. But I cannot also then play it on my PlayStation, on my on my PC. I've got a PC that would that would be able to run Elden Ring, but it won't. But I don't ha- I don't own a copy of it, and I would have to purchase a copy of it. Uh, but so if you you know if you have a PC, if you have a gaming PC, you can get you Elden Ring. If you have a PlayStation Five or an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, I think. I don't know about Xbox. Anyway, just Google whatever game system you have and see if it's there. And I, like I said, I suggest getting it. It's really good. Someone will fail a lot before they get good and rise. Be forgiving of those with a penitent heart that keep trying to do better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, incidentally, um, noobs, like somebody who's a noob that sees what I, and I like, I'm, I'm only above average. When I say I'm good, like I am good, but it's not too far above average. I am above average. I'm an exceptional player, but I'm not like in the top one percent. Like there's some people in the top one percent. It's just different. But the people that are noobs looking at like the way I can play and the things that I can do, they they would they they just they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to believe it. They would think I'm in fact I have um I have an invasion build that's that's a low level. And I, I go and I fight, I, I invade co-op teams that's playing through the game. And I've gotten I've gotten messages saying, You you're cheating. You're you know, we 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 hit you so many like, no, my character's just set up right. You know, because I'm level 30, but my my vigor is 40. Where you're level 30 and your vigor is 15. So you think I'm nothing but hit points, which I am. I mean, compared to you. Anyway, folks. I know this isn't a normal podcast. We'll 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 be back tomorrow with our normal set of podcasts, with our normal podcast, and we'll have something exclusive exclusively from the Bible. And I'm not going to take an oath, but I'm going to let my yes be yes and my nay be nay. I do not plan on saying anything else in the podcast about Elden Ring unless somebody specifically asks. I'm just really excited about the DLC, and uh, yeah. I was just thinking about that with the gaming. It's, I got a very slow learning curve with games. Yeah. And, well, that's my problem. I, I've got a very slow learning curve. That's why I only play one game. I don't have the bandwidth to learn something else. That's why uh, God of War Ragnarok, I didn't beat God of War Ragnarok on the hardest. I, I, I only beat it on Give Me a Story because I just wanted to watch the movie. And I didn't have enough bandwidth to really get good 
at another game. Folks, I haven't I haven't done anything as far as promotions. Um, if you would, if you like the content, like what we do and want to help us out, I would absolutely love for you to uh, send us some dinero in the tip jar near churches at gmail.com. You can send a dollar up to a hundred billion dollars, whatever you want. And uh, it makes me we're talking about a hundred billion. So I, I've lost, I've lost a, a bag full of money. There's a million dollars in it. If y'all will find that bag of money and send it to me, I'll send you half of it back. I like discussing media, maybe discussion of Bible themed movies, the chosen, for example, I tell you what, um, yeah, that wouldn't be bad. I, I don't, I don't typically consume content like that, but I'm always willing to get out of my comfort zone. You know, I, we, we could think about something like that. In fact, um, with, uh, oh, cool. This has been a great podcast. I will share with my gamer son. That's awesome, Diana. Um, what I could do is I could do more uh, reaction videos. It wasn't that hard. To, it wasn't that hard to pull this um, trailer offline. And I mean, granted, I couldn't do a reaction. I couldn't. I couldn't pull the whole movie of the Chosen or ep- an episode or something off. But I could, like, I could go online and I could get, you know, pull a two or three minute video. And we could play it and I could react with it, and we could all react to it together. That'd be something. In fact, uh, if there's, if there would be a YouTube video that you would like me to react to, that's less than five minutes, around five minutes. Send it to this email. Just copy and paste the link and send it to, hold on a second. Send it to the email that's on the screen. www.christianityisnow at gmail.com. www.christianityisnow at gmail.com. Be sure and send me the, uh, like, uh, 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 remember it, it. It doesn't need to be a long video. But if you can make like a like make it if it's a five minute video around five minutes, uh, s- copy and paste the link into an email and send it to me and let me know why you're sending it, and and I'll make sure to uh, that'll be one of our podcasts, and uh, we'll just I'll just download it from YouTube and upload it into Restream like we've done with this one, and we'll I can play it and as I'm playing it we can pause it talk about it and I can play it again and then we can pause it and talk about it. Yeah, that might be fun. All right, remember, www.christianityisnow.gmail.com if you want to send show topics and questions or copy and paste a video. And um, if you want to support us monetarily, gmail.com or a $5 a month subscription at Substack. That'd be awesome. Folks, God bless every one of you. Remember, Christianity Is Now on YouTube. Uh, subscribe and share. Thank you so much. And remember, we archive these this audio on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. Um, oh, let me give, let me, the theme of these games and even life, evil relentlessly pursues its desires, unyielding in its action. Meanwhile, virtue finds itself repeatedly justifying its existence. Why Why this perpetual cycle? Terry Crooks, it's a good question. It's because that cycle is the archetypal cycle from the foundation of the world. Think about that. In the Garden of Eden, evil relentlessly pursued its desires, unyielding in its action. 
virtue from the dawn of time had to repeatedly justify its existence. And that's why video games that, that, that function under that particular archetype, they always resonate. That in fact, those are, that's why Pinocchio, that's why, well, th- th- that's why the Disney movies, you know, that, that follow the archetypes, which if you, Terry Crooks, if you want to Google Carl Jung archetypes or Jordan Peterson archetypes and get some more knowledge on that, I think you'll be very enlightened and you'll enjoy that. All right, folks, God bless every one of you. Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, search Cogitations. And uh, otherwise, uh, if you want to, if you want to support us monetarily, you know how to do that. Subscribe to Christianity Now streams and uh, God bless you. This has been Tony Brewer and we'll catch you on the flip side.